Yo, what's up, my beautiful people? And thank you for tuning in to another Sisters Review, Season 2, Episode 8, entitled Moving On. And for those who are here to only specifically listen to the House of Pain review, make sure you click the description so you can see exactly where that part of the review begins. So if this is your first time viewing my page, welcome. And for those who are, you know, I call y'all family members. Thank you guys for always returning and uh, being a great support. So y'all know how I do. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And I'm about to get right into it. Now, Sisters opened up with Danny James and Preston. So basically, we already see that James come out, you know, flapping, and he just flapping everywhere. You know, the brother's blessed, exceedingly blessed. And Preston is kind of looking there like, wow. Wow. So he was just basically telling Danny he really didn't care what she had to say. He excused himself out. Now, all of a sudden, Danny has an attitude with James as if it's his fault that she got caught up in her game. No, baby, it's not his fault or Preston's fault. It's yours. So he, she was basically telling him he needed to get out, put your clothes on. Matter of fact, you ain't even got to put your clothes on. Just get up out of here. And so he was like, like, where am I supposed to go? And so she was like, oh, to hell. To, you know, and I'm like, Danny, where's this newfound, you know? Well, ain't no newfound. Danny has a bad attitude, just in my opinion. She's not my, she's my least favorite sister. Anyway, and Andy is a darn close second. But, um, you know, her whole attitude changed once she got caught up in her game. Instead of just being honest, when Preston initially caught her with dude, you know, she tried to make up all these excuses about her trying to get this new position and the big boss was coming. Just, you know, just sinking deeper and deeper into the abyss of lies that she's going to have to dig herself back up out. So as James is walking out, Zach is coming in and I'm like, y'all don't. And I, I believe Zach has his key. That's how he was able to get in. And I'm like, y'all just don't respect people's privacy, property, nothing. Just because you have a key doesn't mean you should use it. And when you do use it, it should be used sparingly, like the top of the food pyramid sparingly, but they don't care. They just be, you know, walking into each other's homes, using keys and everything. So basically Zach is there to give Danny a ride to work. And initially, she was like, no, Zach, you need to get out. Then she remembered she didn't have any gas in her car, so she indeed needed the ride. Now, I hate, and I do understand, this is written, it's a script, but I do hate the way that Danny is written as far as her never having money, her being the mooch friend, her being the one who never has, which is incredibly interesting because it's not like Danny has a horrible apartment. It looks very comfortable. It may not be as big as the others, but it is what it is. Hair is always done. Nails are always done. There is just no reason why Danny should always not have any money. So anyway, the big thing was Danny went in the bathroom with 1B. She gets in Zach's ride. She has a completely different color hair. I, I saw it. I was like, you know what? I'm just not even going to pay attention to it because it just is what it is. I, you have to learn. When you're watching Tyler Perry, sometimes you have to take logic out of what we're witnessing. Because if you try to use logic, you're going to continue to see things that just don't make sense. And I've learned that. And I'm trying my best not to point those things out. So as they are in the car, Danny is a little concerned because she doesn't understand how Zach has this car. She asks him, who does it belong to? He says that it's his. Now, we all know that the transportation belongs to 
the program that he's in, the real estate program. So, of course, it's Zach. So, you know, he got to flex a little bit. And also, this is just my personal opinion, I feel it was some part of him because he knows that Danny can't hold water. Danny's going to tell the other girls about Zach and his ride. And I believe that he went there also with the intent or for the purpose for Danny to tell Karen Zach got a car now. You know, yeah, he doing something. I, did, I personally believe that. I don't think it was just all about giving her a ride. Anyway, as they're riding, um, Fatima calls. And Fatima was like, I had a good time last night. And, and Zach says, you know, so, so did I, you know, whatever, whatever. And so Danny is like, who is that? So Zach immediately, immediately ends the call. She was like, who is Fatima? I hollered. I said, Lord, the girl name is Fatima. But that was funny. That was funny, that, that Fatima, and it was the way she said it. And so um, he called her back, and he was like, you know, that was just my friend, my coworker, and she's trying to make you jealous. And Fatima was like, um, well, it's going to take a lot more than that. I'm a secure woman. I said, all right, Fatima, I like that. I, I like that. So Zach, you know, he's coming off very happy, very um, just having this new lease on life kind of situation. Um, and I just have mixed feelings about the whole Zach and Fatima thing, but we'll get to that. I'll talk about that a little later. I'm not too big on um, Danny and Zach scenes. I'm not a big fan because they are a team too much, and those scenes are like four minutes longer than they need to be. I'm just not a big fan of their scenes together. Um, so we're going to transition. I will come back to them. Um, well, no, let me let me deal with them. So as they're talking, as Zach is hitting Danny, he's hitting her with some truth. I can't deny that. Just about the whole thing with Preston and having these two men coming out of her apartment. Anytime Danny feels the pressure, anytime she is put in a position where she has to, you know, deal with herself, Danny always tries to bring up someone else's situation. Because she was like, you know, you don't want to know how Karen is doing. And I'm like, why would you say that? He didn't ask about Karen. Karen, the only time Karen asked Danny about Zach was the whole jail thing. Is he out? Is he coming here? She just wanted the heads up because we know the last time her, Aaron, and Zach were together, it was not a, a, a good situation. So that's the only time she asked. Zach didn't ask about Karen. So I'm like, why did you bring, why would you bring her up? And he was like, no, I don't want to know. I'm good. I moved on just like Karen. And so when she took his phone, he was like, I don't date you or Karen. So I'm like, all right, you bought Karen up without being you know, agitated to do that. So I'm, I'm keeping my eye on little certain things because you know how sometimes when one party of the relationship has moved on, the other person, when they really haven't, they tend to overcompensate to make sure that everybody know that they're good. Oh, I got someone else. And the reality is Zach doesn't have anyone else. He slept with Fatima once. They are not in a relationship. It is not anything serious. And I think the more we learn about Fatima, the more that we will realize that Fatima is not ignorant or blind to the fact of who Zach is. I do believe that she wants him to do better, but I do not believe that Zach is the man that she would be serious about. That's just the way that I see it. So now, transitioning to Andy. So Andy shows up to the firm, and she's greeted by Fatima. And Fatima was like, hey, when you go in there, just follow Hayden's lead. And Andy was like, huh? She was like, just, just follow his lead. So she goes there. Make a long story short, that scene, they, we find out that Bellamy was fired, which he should have been. Also, Andy um, secures Bellamy's old job in addition to receiving $1.2 million from the firm and in the process getting Fatima a well-needed raise and promotion. So I was excited and happy that 
you know, Andy got what she rightfully deserved, and she had the opportunity to get Fatima uh, a better paying position. I was happy about that. I thought that was great. I'm like, yes, Andy, because her negotiation skills were amazing, impeccable. She got more than what she wanted because she told Hayden that she would have settled for 500000 So that was a blessing in disguise right there. So she acquires Bellamy's office. She asked Fatima to bring her some coffee. Fatima was like, girl, how you want your coffee? She was like, black, my, like my man, okay. And so that was a cute little scene. So I was like, okay, I'm rooting for, for Andy. <laughs> I'm just going to close out her storyline. Rooting for Andy. Yeah, Andy, get that money, whatever. Then Andy does exactly what I think she's going to do. Andy, I don't understand. She gets mad at the wrong people, and she's very condescending, and she is disrespectful as hell. So the she didn't really have a whole lot of scenes or whatever, or parts or whatnot. So just to finish her part up, so she texts the girls about a celebration tonight. She told Danny. Yes, I'm paying, so on and so forth. So Karen ends up calling her, and Karen is asking how everything went with the meeting. And so she told her, well, nah, you're going to find out with everyone else tonight at 9. So, pause. So as she was telling Fatima what happened, Fatima, she invited Fatima to come out with her and the girls. So Fatima was like, I'm one of your girls? And, you know, Andy was like, well, yeah, you better be like you've been by my side. You've had my back throughout this entire time. And so Fatima was like, oh, I got a date. Andy responds, bring them. It's okay. I mean, like it's nothing. Second nature. You don't really know Fatima like that personally, but you told her to bring her date. Then Fatima said, before, I'll ditch him. So if Fatima Fatima was in fact talking about Zach, she showed us and proves us exactly how non-deep her feelings are for him because baby girl said, I will ditch him. Not I will cancel. Not I will reschedule my date. Baby girl said, I will ditch him. So anyway. Now back to Karen. So Karen asks, well, tells her that her and Aaron were supposed to be going to the supermarket that day. So she told her, go earlier. Like, it's a, it's a celebration. You need to be there. So she asks, can Aaron come? Can Aaron come? I'll think about it. I said, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. But Tima, you told her to bring her date. Karen asks, can she bring Aaron and you tell her you will think about it so I believe already we're we're being shown that there I believe there's going to be some type of dynamic shift in the friendship between Andy and Karen simply because I do believe that Andy is jealous I'm not saying that that Karen and Aaron situation is perfect because it's far from however I do believe the sincerity that Andy sees when it comes to Aaron's affection for Karen and how he treats her I believe that's something that Andy desires however the way that Andy is going about it you ain't gonna get that you know what I'm saying you're, you're just not gonna get that with the men that you're that you're choosing so the last thing we see from her Hayden comes in and Hayden lets her know that she's able to go back to her apartment of course they still have her personal things like her um, her laptop and you know things of that nature but she is her place is livable and she's able to go back and so he basically told Andy that he was impressed by the file that the FBI had on her he was really you know impressed I I personally feel like there's some vibes between them but it's very like hmm oh he cute she cute kind of like on that level but it seems to be some sparks between them so he tells her to be careful because Aaron excuse me because Gary has gotten bail. And so he'll be out soon. 
And so she was like, well, I'm not in, I'm not in any danger. And so he was basically telling her what the cop overheard and told him. So that he was like, you know, don't shoot the messenger. And she was like, what is it? So he tells her everything, you know, that Gary knew, Gary knew, you know, Gary gave her some money. Gary knew she was out at this gay club with this guy. And Hayden was like, is that true? Andy didn't answer him. Andy just said, I'm fine. I'm not in danger. So on and so forth. And so he was like, um, he said, I'm sorry. No, I was just asking questions. And she said, yes, like any good lawyer would. And he was like, no, like any friend would. And she was like, friend, <laughs> that's funny. I said, wow, Andy, wow. And so he was like, you know, you have a good night. And she was like, you too, or you do the same. Just very ignorant. Andy has such a nasty attitude. It's so, um, it's a big turnoff. It, it's a really big turnoff. And it's like in one moment, I know people were rooting for Andy because it seems like things are kind of falling back in place for her. Then before we could even finish the episode, we was like, look at this trick. Look, it was just like Andy. <sighs> anyway. And Andy gets on my nerves. She gets on my nerves every episode. <laughs> she just she touches a nerve. But I'm not even surprised by her character because that's just what she does. Um, in my last review, someone had asked me why I didn't go. Was I shocked or why I didn't act surprised when she slept with Harris? And I, I'm like, why would we be surprised about Andy? Andy has shown who she is. She had a whole nine-month relationship with a married man who was still sleeping with his wife. Why would any of us be shocked by the fact that she slept with Paris? And probably don't even know the man's last name. Who it's not, it's not it shouldn't be a shock to anybody. That's that's just my personal opinion. So now let's transition to Karen. So Karen comes into work. Karen finds out that she has a new client who was referred by one of her current clients. So as she is, you know, asking her questions about is she allergic to anything, she notices the woman's ring, who we know her to be Rachel. Her name is Rachel. So she. Karen is cursing her behind off until Pam, nosy-ass Pam, comes up to tell her that Rachel is the first lady of the church that she, that she attends. And she was like, Karen was like, oh, damn, shit, oh, my God. And it was so funny because she really was not trying to curse, but I think it was just the overall shock and embarrassment that it made her do that. But that part was hilarious. And so Rachel kind of calms her nerves by saying, hey, you know, I'm not one of those church people who don't know what's going on. It's okay. And then Karen was like, you know, but I need to watch my mouth. I need to watch my mouth. I'm like, Lord, why they got this girl sounding so darn country? But anyway, you know, I need to watch my mouth. And she was like, well, until then, you be you. And I thought that was a great thing to express to her. Like, you just be you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to put on this air for anyone. You just be you until a change happens within you. So, they're going, whatever, whatever. So she finishes the hair, even though the, the woman hair was already done underneath. Anyway, so when she finishes, um, you know, she uh, again, she apologizes. And, you know, Rachel lets her know it's okay and that Pam would take care of her. And so Rachel told her that she would leave her information just in case Cameron wanted to come to the church. So, <laughs> so after Cameron ends her phone call with um, Andy, she turns around to Pam and she was like, you know, she was like, I, I should kick your ass. Why? She was like, why you didn't tell me she was the first lady of the church? And she was like, well, you dating a preacher. She was like, uh, but he don't have a church. Her husband got a church. And so she was like, oh, Rachel, cool, it's fine. But she was like, still, like, that was embarrassing as hell to do that. So she was basically, Karen was stating her opinion. She just felt how, she was like, you saw her purse, you saw her shoes, you saw that rock. 
how is she getting this money? So Karen's perspective is she's getting this money by ripping off poor black people. That's Karen's perspective, how she looks at these black mega churches, which a lot of people do feel that way. They feel like these people are taking advantage of, you know, this impoverished like this, this, this um, demographic is being taken advantage of by these people. And so, which I think I thought was a real great thing for Tyler to put in there because a lot of people do feel that way. And so the one Rachel comes back because she forgets her phone. Karen gives her the phone. Rachel walks out. She was like, Oh, you think she heard me? And Pam was like, everybody up in here heard you. And Pam was like, Oh, she coming back. And she, and, and Karen was like, Oh my God, she about to read me to hell. So Rachel comes back and asks Karen, could they talk outside? And, you know, Karen went outside and she asked Karen to just freely speak. How does she feel? You know, and she was like, I don't think it's right. Um, you know, what's going on? And so, you know, she asked her, well, do you mind if I ask, how do you make your living? And so Rachel told her that she was once a trader on Wall Street. Her husband was an ex-professional baseball player. They saved, they invested, and they don't take any money from the church. The money that they get from the congregation is how they pay their staff. And so she invited Karen to come out to see for herself how they do. You know, they're doing God's work. And I think that a lot of people were stating that they feel Rachel, you know, has all this information on Aaron or somehow knows Aaron is going to spill the tea to Karen about Aaron and reveal all his secrets, which for me, it's a complete contrary. I don't believe that Rachel's character was introduced and it doesn't have anything to do with Aaron. But I believe it has everything to do with Karen because whether people admit it or not, there is a change happening within Karen. I can't say 100% that it's a spiritual change or a spiritual awakening, but there is something shifting in her. There is something happening within her, which I do believe is going to cause some strife and some dissension with her and Andy. I, I do feel that we're not saying she's being primed to be <laughs> the first lady. But it does make sense sometimes as to wait why she may feel she can't go all the way with Aaron and why she can't really emotionally, um, 100% be emotionally available to him. Maybe there are some things that's holding her back, how she views certain people. And I know that Karen isn't the most religious person. However, if you go back and look at old episodes, she talks about her grandmother. And I know her grandmother had a great influence in her life, and her grandmother was a religious woman. So maybe we'll we will be able to divulge more, dive more into that, and just find out, you know, more things about Karen when it comes to church and her relationship with God and things like that. I think is a I'm really interested in seeing that, um, that spark with with her and and um Rachel, and I feel like Rachel may be a uh, a vital component to helping. Karen kind of navigate in this new space that she may be heading toward. So that's how I feel about that. I don't think Rachel has anything to do with Aaron, Aaron's character um, at all. So Sabrina and Maurice. So Karen, excuse me, Aaron and Calvin were not in this episode. So Sabrina and Maurice. So they're at work and Sabrina asked Maurice if he had ever seen Calvin do anything more than drink. And then she can find, now Maurice is messy as hell. And Maurice can't hold water. We've already learned this. Anyway, Sabrina confides in him that James told Danny that he saw Calvin doing meth in the bathroom the night that they were at the club. And so Maurice basically said he did not believe that about Calvin. 
Then he was like, oh, no, nah, he might be on that stuff, girl, because he told me that he spent all his money, you know, with his dad's bills, but it could be that because basically, you know, he asked to move in with me, which he wasn't supposed to tell Sabrina that. That was between him and Calvin because Calvin didn't want Sabrina to know that he was having financial issues, period. He state, stated that, made that very clear, and here come Maurice spilling the beans of something he was not even supposed to be talking about. So, of course, Sabrina was taken aback about that because Calvin has money. Why is he having these issues right now? But, like I said, he stated that he had to pay his father medical bills, and this is the result of that. I personally don't believe that Calvin is on meth. That's just me because his character, he shows nothing. Like, he shows no side effects, no symptoms of that. But, hey, who who in this Tyler we talking about? So, (laughs) who knows? So... Back to Maurice, so Jacoby brings his daily report, and Sabrina is basically like, you know, not bragging, but basically just uh, giving him praise about how neat it looks, how good it looks, even down to the penny. He has it all together. So she asked him, how did he do it? So he was like, basically, you keep, like, your hourly or daily ledger, whatever he was talking about, I don't know, some some financial talk that I'm not really familiar with, but anyway. Um, so she was like, this is really good. And so he asked, like, do you need anything else? She was like, no, you know, you're good. I don't know if Maurice was jealous or whatever the case may be, but I think Jacoby has gone above and beyond to try to connect with Maurice in some way. And Maurice has been nothing but rude and disrespectful and condescending towards him. So when Jacoby was about to leave, he said something to Maurice and Maurice was like, I think he said, all right, bye, girl. And Jacoby was like, excuse me? Bye, good. I said, I see, that's the kind of mess to get your ass beat. This is a grown man. Grown man, and you just called him a girl twice. Now, somebody put hands on your behind, it'll be another problem, but Maurice got a flip mouth. And I was like, all right, you keep playing. You know, we don't know much about Jacoby. He said he didn't trust Jacoby for whatever his reasoning is. He believes Jacoby is trying to take his job, which that storyline confuses the hell out of me because I'm like, aren't there more than one teller when you walk in the bank? So what is the problem? How is he going to take your job? That that just confused me. Hell, we don't even see nobody up in there anyway. As far as my, we only see really Sabrina and Maurice who works. I, we just saw that. I don't even remember seeing the girl who was on the Wednesday night. I'm like, who the hell is she? <laughs> they got a new chick. But it's like, he's trying to take your job. I don't, I don't understand it. And then they had a, a woman who showed up trying to get into the bank after they were closed. And I'm like, I don't understand what happened with that either because baby girl, didn't, she didn't say anything. She just tried to get in. And they was like, oh, she must really have to make a deposit. And I'm like, what? But she didn't say nothing. She tried to get in. She flipped Sabrina off. So I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. So Sabrina was kind of nervous to leave Maurice at the bank by himself because, of course, she has – you know, reminiscing about when Maurice was attacked. And I could understand that. You know, he was like, oh, I'm good. I wish he would. I was in a dress and heels when he caught me that time. You know, this time, if something were to happen, I will be prepared. And I'm just like, okay, Maurice, there's still no, I'm like, where's security? Tyler, I'm sorry. You could at least give him a security guard or something. Now, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, like I said, you got to, you can't put logic a lot of times when you're watching these shows. So, Let's go back to, let's transition to Danny and Zach. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of Danny and Zach scenes. So a lot of times they don't stick in my head. So, so um, 
Danny is making a call to, to Preston because, of course, he's not answering his phone again. And Zach brings her lunch. And basically, you know, he was asking her what happened. And so Danny, you know, tells him, you know, what happened. He was like, nope, I don't want to hear this. She was like, nah, you in it now. And so what he did was he did give her great advice. You chose to date a white boy. So you can't be mad every time he do something that a white boy do. I do understand Danny's perspective as well. She was like, so because he's white, that gives him a license to be ignorant. I'm supposed to teach him all of these things. And it's like, no. There are just certain things, no, you're not supposed to, you don't have to teach him. You may have to, you know, hey, this is why this affects me. You may have to because y'all come from different cultures. And that's what happens when you date men who don't have the same vantage point as you when it comes to race, ethnicity, culture. You may have to go above and beyond as him, you as well. Because you called his parents, you're like your racist mom and pa. That probably offended him as well. So you both have things to learn. So, Danny was like she was going to talk to her girls about it or whatever. Zach says, well, ain't no purpose in you talking to them because they just going to, like, basically stroke your ego, and they are not going to call you out for what you do. And so a lot of people agree with him, and I thought it was, it was legit what he was saying. I just don't believe it applies to how the girls would talk to Danny. I, I think we have seen that Danny can dish a lot of stuff out, but Danny can't accept it. When they hit her with the truth, Danny takes it as you're talking about me, you're downing me. And it's like, no, this is just what it is because Danny has no problem doing that to them. And I see fans take sides too because it's like when Danny does it, oh, she's keeping it real. Oh, people just don't like people who keep it real like that. But the moment it's reversed and they give her the real, uh -uh. if I was Danny, I wouldn't want them as friends. Listen to how they talk to her. Listen, to I'm like, so it's the same thing. The truth is the truth. Danny just cannot accept it. So at that point, Danny was kind of telling him to go, which I thought was interesting that Zach said that because it made me think about the episode where Zach asked Andy what she thought of him. And Andy read him like a book. Andy told not one lie. She told Zach exactly how it was, and I agree with everything that she said. Then <laughs> when Andy gets out of the car and Cameron returns, he was like, you know, she had a lot to say for a woman, you know, who's sleeping with a married man. That had nothing to do with it. You asked her what she thought of you, and she told you. And because you didn't want to accept the truth about yourself, which I believe he still doesn't, you know, you don't want to accept the truth about yourself, you just totally dismissed it because you know she's doing something that, you know, people frown upon or people shouldn't be doing in the first place. So I'm like, you and Danny and Zach are almost kind of like the same character, just in a different sexes. You know, one is a one is a woman, one is a man. But I'm like, they are literally almost the same type of of character in a sense when you really look at it and dissect it. So to end the episode, after Andy and I showed her ass to Hayden. After he done did all this stuff for her, she basically told him he wasn't a friend to her. First of all, it's nighttime, and you going into a garage. As women, we should always have our keys out. She's digging in her keys, so her face is down. You can't see what's before you, behind you, on the side of you. And up pops Gary. I need to talk to you. Andy, get in the car. Get in the car. And the episode goes off. I said, you know what? I ain't got time for Gary. I do not have time for Gary, and it's time for Tyler to reveal what the hell happened in college to this guy who was abusive to Andy, and what the hell did these girls do to him? Because they keep referring to that, 
and we don't know much about it. So I'm like, okay, it's time for the truth to be revealed because Andy tends to attract and get involved with abusive men. And sometimes women don't even know what are you doing that you're drawn? What is it that, that keeps you drawn to these types of men? Because to me, Gary showed his nature long before Jasmine told Andy what was going on or who he was, how he would try to isolate you, how he would try to get you by yourself, that he's the only one that you're going to be dependent on. He was dropping these little things long before Jasmine revealed her truth to Andy about Gary. That's just me. I'm like, you know, I just, it's just very interesting. This wasn't one of my favorite episodes. It wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't one of my favorite episodes. Um, Like I said, I just think Danny and Zach's scenes are way too long. Um, They just don't need to be because they're both comedic characters. And sometimes having them together for too long, it doesn't, it it takes away from the show. It doesn't add to it because they just go overboard. Um, but yeah, so the, we saw the preview. You didn't see the preview. I it looks like Andy gets away from Gary. She calls Karen. Karen is asking, you know, is he following you? So I don't even know if this celebration dinner is going to happen. We see that Hayden shows up to Fatima's house. We know that they had a pass. Not really sure where they stand with each other right now. Um, Aaron and Karen, you know, she was basically saying like no first lady had ever been to her shop before. And and Aaron was like, oh, so it made you think of me? And she was like, yeah, it did. And so we just kind of see what's going to happen with that. Um, I don't remember anything else that happened <laughs> on, the, on, the, um, on the preview. But like I said, this wasn't one of my favorite shows. But it was, it was good for what it was. I think what needed to be said was said as far as Karen and whatever's going to happen with this change in her life. Um, I, I just want Sabrina to act like a damn adult. Because in, in, another, in another preview, it showed that she asked Maurice to give Calvin a drug test. Like, are you serious right now? Ask this man if he does meth. You're going to try to do a, a, a drug test on him? Like, come on, Sabrina. So, <sighs> Sabrina touches a nerve, too. She's such a sweet character. But Sabrina be coming off like she ain't got no damn backbone. Ask the man the question, Sabrina. <laughs> then... Danny gets home. Who does she see by her door? Oh, my God. It's Preston. Of course. You don't answer the phone. You don't text me back, but you pop up at my house. I don't like that. But we'll see what happened um, with that. So I'm not going to end it, but that's all for sister. So I'm going to transition to House of Pain. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. House of Pain is a pain in the ass to watch. It is hard to end. That's one of the worst shows that Tyler has right now. I don't even understand it. I don't even understand. I don't understand how it was even renewed for a second season. It is deplorable. The writing is detestable. They took three weeks, three weeks, to deal with this storyline of Curtis and Ella being high, her eating weed mints, him smoking a vape pen. It was ridiculous. There is not even much to say. That's why I will not do separate. I'm not going to do separate videos for Sisters and House of Pain because it doesn't even make sense for me to go through the process of editing and uploading, and the show is not even worth that. And it is a struggle. I said I was going to finish this season, and then I was going to stop because it is. there's really no content to even talk about. There's really nothing to say. They find out that Ella was high. CJ spent... The whole episode, what's, what's going on? 
Un Ella, what's wrong with you? Y'all can't tell she high right now? I mean, the whole episode, I think CJ probably asked what's going on about 12 times within a 30-minute frame. No, bro, what's going on with you that you can't recognize what happened? Caleb is a drug dealer. He know what someone high looks like, and you mean to tell me he can't point out that this woman is high out her ass? Can't nobody tell that. Okay. It was just nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. I don't even have the, the creative space in my mind to even dissect these episodes because they're just that bad. They are really just that bad. I don't understand it. And, you know, people say a lot of things. I don't even, I try not to be critical, but I'm just one of those people that I have such a high regard for Tyler when it comes to his writing, when it comes to his shows, when it comes to what he has done for black culture and TV, movies, and entertainment as a whole. This man has his, has his own studio. That is unheard of. So I, I really revere him in that way and to, to see that this is what you're serving your fans now. This is what you're giving your fans to feast on every Wednesday. It's disgusting. And it's downright. I don't even I don't even know what to say about it. This episode was just, you know, you have Floyd, CJ, Caleb. They're all trying to figure out what's going on with Ella. She's just acting not herself. She's acting so incredibly weird. And um they find out toward the end that she was, you know, she ate the mints and they did see lipstick on the vape pen, but she gave, like, she didn't smoke it. She went to smell it, and it, like, brushed across her lips, and that's how her lipstick got on that. And so I think at the very end of the episode, they weren't high anymore, and she just agreed that it was. she was kind of upset with Curtis because Curtis wanted to smoke. He wanted to feel what it was like, and he was like, he wouldn't do it anymore, all that good stuff. She was like, she didn't even know it was weed in the mints and all of this stuff. I don't even understand what Tyler's purpose was for doing this. It just felt like it was like, I just want to know when he sat down, what the hell was he thinking about? Yeah, I'm going to take three weeks. I'm just going to fill this with, I'm just going to put this all together. I can't even, anyway. Um, yeah, that's all. So next week we're supposed to see Caleb um, more so pressuring Jasmine to have sex. So it's a totally different, you know, aim of the show. Hopefully it's a better episode. Um, and everything just doesn't have to be backed up with a joke. And I know I've said this before on several reviews for House of Pain is that I think Tyler's biggest mistake is writing House of Pain like a soap opera. House of Pain is not sisters. It's a sitcom. It's not a soap opera. And he's writing it like that. He's with soap operas, you drag the hell out of a storyline. That, that's what happens. With a sitcom, you can deal with two, three things going on, and you, there's a complete ending to that by the time the episode goes off. That's where a huge mistake of his is. And not only that, the quality of the writing is horrible. You know, some people really don't care. I think we, we're living in a time where we are requiring excellence. We are requiring amazing writing. When you have shows like This Is Us, you know, that's, that's an amazing show. The writers of that show are impeccable, almost bar none. When you have the, the Chandra Rhymes, you know, Issa Rae, Lena Waithe, you have these people who are making these amazing stories, and you got Tyler. Tyler's really in a category of his own, and that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing because no one is doing what he's doing, and it's great. But the caliber 
of expectation that people have, I believe Tyler is failing in that area um, when it comes to these to these shows. And even though Sisters is definitely one of my favorite shows right now, he definitely can step up his game on that too. And so that's what I want to see. So that's really all I have for House of Pain. Um, so just to let you guys know, for those who just want to listen to that, I, I will add them at the end of my sister's reviews. They will not have their own separate video because it just doesn't make sense to edit them that way. It's, it's longer for me to do all of that, upload it. Um, nah. So it's just going to be on the end of these sister's reviews for now. Um, yeah, so I will be ending it there. So, you know, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and and just tell me how y'all felt about the episode. Um, Fatima, Zach, and Karen is still such a highly requested. I did a video on that. Um, I don't. I think I called it uh, the love triangle. I think it has like three thousand views. You know, for those who really love that storyline, watch that video. Um, you know, it's it's a little different from the reviews. I get a little bit more detailed because I'm only focusing on those three characters. Um, and so someone asked me to do one. I get a lot of requests. Someone asked me to do one with with Zach and Fatima. Um, because when I did the love triangle, she wasn't a part of it at that moment. It was just Karen, Aaron, and Zach. But now people are asking me to do one with Karen, Aaron, Zach, and Fatima and the differences in which I see. So I might upload a video for that. Um, any other thing y'all want me to talk about when it comes to these uh, these shows? Um, but, yeah. So I want to thank you guys for continuing to support, continuing to listen, the new people, the returning people. I appreciate it. I hope y'all had an amazing, for those who celebrate, hope you're having an amazing holiday season. Um, and I will holler at y'all later. Until next time, y'all be safe out there.